Hello again, Paul here. I'm the host of realestatepodcastshow.com and the host of the incredible new series that is um, changing everything about how Toronto and GTA real estate works. It's called milliondollarpodcasttours.com and it's where all the best places and people and the stories behind all of those places are told is right here. That's a little bit about me. More importantly, this podcast is going to be about the story of a Toronto institution. As you heard from that weirdo news voice guy before uh, before me, is um, 1876 is when the Brunswick House was first founded. Now, obviously, none of us were there to see it or to experience it back then, but I can't, ima- I can't imagine it was much different than when I started going in the 90s. So if any of you out there are Toronto, GTA, whether you're born here, whether you moved away, chances are if you were around in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and you were of drinking age, chances are you probably at some point or another, especially if you uh, went to school downtown, I know it was very popular with U of T students. Um, if any of you were down in the Bathurst and Bloor area in the annex, you would definitely have probably stumbled into the Brunswick House. Again, the Brunny, as we all called it. Um, not that the Brunswick House was too hard to say, but it was just called, uh, affectionately, it was termed the Brunny. Um, in my research, in doing my homework on this um a wonderful institution. I really wanted to tell the story, but not just from my own voice, because again, you can get a lot of the stuff that I'm going to tell you about the Brunswick House. You can hear a lot about it. Uh, of course, you can you know do your own research online. Everybody can do that now. But to really hear the voices of the people who were behind what made it so unique, one of those people, if you remember in the 70s and starting in 75, 75, uh, right till about, uh, I think about 2000, um, Rockin' Irene was one of the fixtures of the Brunswick House. So you couldn't say one without the other. And it was just, again, it was just a magical, magical time. When you went to that place and that music started playing, both Rockin' Irene and Donnie Sinclair, uh, if you uh, remember going there during those days, you'll know those names. And I had the privilege, the pleasure of having... Um, Rock and Irene's daughter, Joyce, joined me for a podcast earlier this week. And we talked about, uh, again, so many great things and shared some memories. So let's start off by playing one of the songs that you probably have heard if you were, again, a regular there. And yes, I was a regular there in the 90s. Uh, I spent a lot of time there and I'm so glad I did because I actually did meet my wife at the Brunswick House at the Brenny. She gave me her phone number on a, on a, on a matchbook, all seven digits, by the way. So I think I, I was already uh, you know pretty doing pretty good at that point. Um, but we, we met in 1998 and we are still together and we've actually been married 20 years this year. So I wanted to do something special for, uh, again, for this institution, because I think a lot of people have forgotten about how great it was and what a different time it was, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, when you went to a bar, you didn't have a phone. And if someone did call you at a bar on a phone, you were probably in a lot of trouble. <laughs> 
So the good news is back then, again, there's not a lot of pictures. I don't think there's any pictures, but if there are photos of you at the Brunswick house or, or anything else that you want to add to a future podcast, by all means, get in touch with me, um, through my website, which is again, million dollar podcast tours.com. And most importantly, if you like what I'm doing, if you like the kinds of uh, podcasts that I'm doing here, I definitely want to hear from you and find out what else you might want to listen to. And if you have a property in the Toronto GT area, Toronto GTA area that needs a great or has a great story, and deserves to be featured on the podcast, which is right now, by the way, one of the top 10 podcasts in Canada. Um, I was just selected by that, by, uh, again, a, a great uh, a great Canadian company. And it's something that I'm very proud of. But more importantly, I really just love storytelling. And I love being able to connect with you guys through these stories. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And any questions at all, anything you want to talk about, reach out to me anytime. Thanks for tuning in. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. So tell me a little bit about, again, I, from, from the post that I saw that you uh, made about uh, the history. So she was there from, was it from the 70s? 1975 to 2002. And she was okay. hired on by uh, the Nightingales, by um, Albert, Molly. Of course, there's Morris, all, uh, you know, the Nightingales. And they really made the Brunswick House what it was, brought in all those great, you know, the contests and all the, all the, all the sponsorship, everything that went in there. They, they really made the Brunswick what you remember it as. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, there were subsequent owners. But she was, um, she was hired by them. And uh, she took over from Alan Jones, who was emceeing there. But there, was a, there were an awful lot of fights at the Brunswick House. <laughs> 
lot of chair throwing and what well bed no there were benches but it was it was it was it was a little rough and uh when they brought my mom in she kind of um in a way she not she she brought a different vibe to it she used to say you know uh the, the brunswick house is an institution and i've been institutionalized mm-hmm. <laughs> you know she she loved she loved her the clients that went there, she loved the people, she loved the, the locals who went there, the guys who came into the back room there in Pickle Alley and sat down, had a beer after work in their work clothes. And then, you know, the students who would come in later and, you know, uh, w- were you a student at the time? I was, I was, I was in high school. Um, and uh-huh. yeah, and uh, it, it was definitely part of our, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Um tradition or 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 uh, ritual whatever you want to call it that uh, eventually uh, on a thursday night uh, mm-hmm. i actually we even ended up bringing this was this is the best part of the story the night mm-hmm. that i went that i believe it was the same night that i met my wife we actually brought an exchange student from korea with us really? to the brunswick house that was staying with uh, one of my relatives we said you know what um you should come with us. It's going to be a fun time. And we've been to the Brunswick house many wow. times before, um, but we just brought him along to sort of, you know, give him a story to have 20 years later. Maybe, maybe he remembers, maybe he doesn't. He had a great well, time. My daughter-in-law is Korean. That's interesting. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I highly doubt the world is that small where there's some connection. Um, and and oh. I do remember his name. His name was Munabo. Um, which is Very a strange cool. thing. It's a strange, it was an odd name to remember, but I remember his name. And uh, again, good guy, had a great time, never drank that much beer in his life. Um, I bet. Uh, but it, it was, it was a great time. And again, just everything about going into that place felt like you were going into, again, it was at the time I didn't appreciate it at all because again, you're just, you're, you're young and you're no. just, okay, you're just glad to be somewhere. Uh, and, and, yeah. and my goodness, thank, thank goodness for, uh, you know, the fact that we didn't know how normal things were back then, but boy, uh, was, you know, being able to go anywhere you want with, you know, as many people packed like sardines as possible, uh, who knew that was going to be, uh, you know, something that uh, was, it, I guess, 20 odd years later wouldn't be the same. No, and it, it wasn't the same. And it, actually, I was going to say your Korean friend would like to sing along at the Brunswick house, you know, because that was what my mom did best there, you know, she, because she knew she it, it was it was a way of bringing everyone together, how everyone could relate Whether it was the guys at the back, the regulars who were sitting in the front as well, all mixed every, every demographic, all kinds of age groups. It wasn't like you were going to some disco where it was just, you know, like a certain age group and that was it, you know, the very young, it was a very young and the very old. And then you'd have, you know, I, this would be before, before your time actually but there was Mr. Bones who would get up and he'd play these like bones they were like a you know like little little clave you know and um there was Mama Chicky you didn't know Mama Chicky and she'd get up and sing a little you know like a little uh, diamond little kind of stuff and of course Lil who was um well we call her a, you know we called her a waitress back then her barmaid or whatever but she was one of the servers there and she, that lady had 13 kids she worked there at the Brunswick house, you know, making a living. And she'd get up on stage and she'd sing goody goody. And then there was Donnie Sinclair. Oh my gosh, Donnie Sinclair, I believe lived on the top floor of the Brunswick house. I think, I'm pretty sure he did. 
and um, he was a little person. That's what I no. was going to say. That was the other. Yeah. Per, that was the other feature of that bar that we all talked yeah. about for a, for for weeks yeah. after we went. Donnie, Donnie and I. Donnie Sinclair was amazing. An amazing sick. That little guy, like yeah. he, you know, he had dwarfism, which we don't talk about that way anymore. But you know, this was this was the kind of little person he was, and and he'd get up on stage. And he, he was called also the Oklahoma kid because mm. I don't know if he sang Oklahoma that night or if he did some Elvis but he um he was had a beautiful voice great big bass baritone voice Woo. and you, you he'd blow the whole the whole stage you know the whole room up um he was wonderful but my mom had my mom was a daredevil my mom would do just about anything on stage you know mm -hmm. like uh, but she was never there for the wet t-shirt contest she wasn't there for those so okay just, all right no, the, you that's also before your time isn't it right. that's right i don't remember that yeah. at all. No. well they that was the that was the brunny you know I mean, you have that now that would be like uh there'd be a whole bunch of me too moments but uh mm -hmm. but the thing is is that um this one time this is a story that's amazing she was there with carla her pianist and um this guy came in and he was in a full Toreador outfit, you know, like a bullfighter's outfit. Mm -hmm. Okay. The full regalia. And he had a bullwhip and the bullwhip he had, he had a, an act that he did. Okay. He was, he was a professional kind of like a circus performer. And what his specialty was is he could snap a rose out of your mouth. Okay. Bullwhip. Okay. Now we're talking, Okay, we're talking about the Brunswick House. We're not talking about center ring where everyone's quiet and the, the orchestra is quiet and they're waiting for this big thing. He asked my mother if he could snap a rose out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. mouth. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Brunswick House, you know, it's brightly lit. It's it's a lot of noise, a lot of drink. Yeah. People up on top of the benches, down off the benches, on the floor, in the door, out the door, whatever, you know. Yeah. It's a lot, of, a lot of activity. This is a bullwhip. This needs room, okay? Mm -hmm. This needs, you can't miss. So my mother said she would do it. And Carla, her pianist, also her best friend at the time, you know, till her death. Um, uh, my Carla died. She died uh, before mom finished the Brunswick. But mm -hmm. so my mother kneeled down on the stage and put the rose between her teeth. Mm -hmm. Carla is playing some kind of music on, on the on, on the piano yeah. and tears are streaming down Carla's face because she's so scared. She thinks this is it. The guy's going to miss. We're at the Brunswick house. This is a bullwhip. This is a rose between her friend's teeth. <laughs> well, the guy snapped the rose out of her mouth. Oh, wow. My mom said she was a little numb for a while around her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this was a whole thing. It was the whole scene, you know, it was like out of a movie, you know. And but that's what that's how my mom lived her life. She lived at large. She said it was for living and not just survival. Mm -hmm. And she was um my mom was also she was a psychic you know she was a, a life consultant and i'm sure she was reading palms while she was at the brunswick as well because she used to talk about our um our background which was like irish belgian uh, french uh, dutch and romanian mm, <laughs> she said, okay. we came as gypsies to, to to ireland and then she and she she'd have all these stories and she would 
she had, and she, um, you know, when I talk about her Aunt Valerie. Oh, darn, who's calling you? That's not going to happen. <laughs> hey, you know, it's a suspected spam on my, on, my, on my phone. Well, I'm trying to turn this. They, they know we're recording and they want to be part of it. You can't I'm blame I'm telling them. you, they'll can't come in on anything. The, the whole world is listening eventually. But for now, it's just the two of us, yes. Absolutely. So, but the thing is, so, you know, she, um, she was a very interesting woman. We had wonderful talks when we were, you know, as mother and daughter about all kinds of things, about archaeology and ancient history and, and extraterrestrials and UFOs and, and everything, you know, like we, this is the kind of family I grew up in and, and also theater family, because when she was in, um, when she was 22, she had a modeling contract and all, she looked like Ava Gardner. And she also had um, a, a, fil a, a film contract with Crawley Films, but we had a head-on collision nope. when she was 22. I was in the car too. I got thrown to the to the street, but she ended up walking. No, I was thrown out of the car. My dad saved me, opened the door and threw me out of the car. There were no, car well, there were no, oh, I'm 66. There were no car seats in uh, 1957, right? Right, right. And uh, so she ended up walking with a cane for a whole year. And that was very, that was devastating. She lost her contracts, her film and her modeling contract, but she continued in theater. And we actually came from Ottawa Hall to Toronto. She had um, an agent who scouted her at the Skyline Hotel in Ottawa when she was subbing for Diamond Lil. I don't know if you ever heard of Diamond Lil. But they were right across Canada in the Skyline Hotels. And okay. he said, yeah, he said, come to Toronto. I'll get your work. And he, he and we came to Toronto when I was 14. And that was back in 1968. And uh, she started uh, gigging, you know, out, out all over the place, you know. Uh, she even she even did a gig out in uh, Muskoka. Uh, he sent her out there uh, with a comedian and a stripper. Mm -hmm. okay. The Lori with Lori Lane uh, Lestrip, you know, remember Lori, I don't know if you know, remember Lori Lane's Lestrip, but he, he sent her out with a comedian and a stripper that did a thing in the bathtub, but with bubbles. It was the cleanest act in town, apparently. That's what uh -huh. they called it. Okay. So, but those are the kinds of things she did, you know, and then she, she was at the Avion Motor Hotel and she was doing all kinds of like a lot of benefits and a lot of, um, we, 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 I used to perform with her at the old age homes and everywhere, you know, anywhere she would be there. Oh my and then gosh. she, wow. yeah, but, but then she was found, you know, Molly and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Albert and Morris said, yeah, you got to come to the Brunswick house. And she was there for 27 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I've got, yeah, no. And I've got so many, I've got so many little side stories I, I want to dig into with everything, starting with, you know, the, the fact that you brought up Donnie, because uh, that yes. was, that's sort of where my, uh, where my mind went the minute I saw your post, I'm like, Irene, I'm like trying to remember who that was, Donnie. And the fact that you yeah. said this is sort of uh, maybe, maybe it's, you know, surprising to you, but I don't remember that he was a little person. I, I, I no. just remember that he was usually sitting, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, on the stage and mm -hmm. she was doing her thing and he was there. And I just thought, OK, there's a you know nice lady, a nice guy uh, and yeah. singing these songs. And, and you totally again, as a teen uh, in the 90s, again, I, I you know, I what were you know. doing there as a teen anyway there, uh, Paul? What were you doing there? I mean, um, I read the. I read the air when I was 15 before my mother worked there. But yes, what were you doing there? <laughs> well, we, we were always, I mean, we were going into karaoke bars, like my friends and I, as soon right. as we were either allowed to or 
looked like we were allowed to. So we were, we were already pretty, you know, pretty um, familiar with most of the places, but um, somehow or another, I guess one of the guy's brother was uh, one, of, one of my friend's brothers used to uh, go to this place often. So that's sort of how it started. Oh, you guys got to head down there on a Thursday. And it's like, whatever it was, a dollar, uh, you know, whatever the drinks were, uh, oh, yeah, the draft 10, room, 10, bucks, yeah, 10, 10 bucks for the pitchers or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that ended up being where we went with friends and, and that of course spun out into uh, going into places like Healy's uh, Jeff Healy's bar oh, yeah. opened up. Jeff Healy, yes, all. Um, and, and that was yeah. also, again, that's the other place that my wife and I had like these amazing memories of, you know, when Jeff decided that, um, you know, his favorite place to play was home so he you know he put on these amazing shows literally he was a great person you know and again, that's all that's all I've heard over the years. And uh, yeah. he's, uh, again, he's got sort of a, a, an interesting connection because uh, him, him, he, him being blind, my, my wife is actually also yeah. blind. Um, uh-huh. so, so one of these sort of, you know, sort of strange connections, but, but, but just again, that, that, that whole part of the scene, but I didn't know, again, like I said, I didn't know, uh, that Donnie was uh, actually, again, a little person. It was just, you were just so over, you were just so overcome by the music and the moment, um, and, and exactly. the, whole, the whole scene that it was just like, it was just sort of natural that, uh, you go there and you expect that to be, you know, just, you know, this, this really great, um, you know, sort of total experience that again, we could have never predicted, um, you know, I would have never predicted uh, before we went that that's something that we would enjoy so much. Well, yeah, and you made you brought up a really good point, which people nowadays could really, really learn something from, because we didn't make a big deal about all of that stuff, right? Whether someone was, I and mean, we can't say blind anymore. That's got to be, you know, uh, seen impaired, or I don't know what it is. What did what do they call people who are blind now? You know, is it blind? Can we still use blind? I don't know. I don't know. But but the same thing with the person who is a little person, or or person who is even even people of color or whatever it was. We didn't notice that stuff as much as now, mm-hmm. and I think I think this is a real problem. We we done more segregating instead of integrating in our society and i'll tell you something the brunswick was a great equalizer i mean everybody went there it didn't matter i mean my mom had um uh she had she had Etta james on her stage she had gordon lightfoot on her stage she had loretta lynn on her stage singing along with her singing a song you know and people would just come there because of the joy the happiness that it brought them you know and it was it was i mean maybe i'm romanticizing it a bit but it it it, it had a vibe mm-hmm. a, a soul and and everyone was welcome there and you just mingled you know it wasn't you know what I'm saying? And I, we've got I, too I much. Yeah. I'm just so tired of it, you know, because I'm 66 and I'm a year younger than when my mother quit the Brunswick in 2002. And she did that because the Montana group opened it, right? They, they, they bought it and they brought in people with, um, you know, fancy, you know, like the servers and, and the, the guys used to sit back and pick a lally in their uh, in their old with their work clothes after work to come and get a beer. They weren't allowed in anymore unless they were dressed properly and, 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 and ordered from the menu. 
So okay. my mom, it just it just ceased to be the Brunswick for my mom. Yeah, no, we, we we would have never got in the door if that was the case. Because no, I mean, we, we were the opposite of uh, you know, like I, I I and that's as close to again. I would call that a pub versus a club because and and that's just sort of the scene that I yeah. was part of was pubs. Um, yeah. You know, music music yeah. places that we can go for music, but to get dressed up to pay two hundred dollars for a bottle or whatever people do now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even then would have been foreign to me because it just it, it's like that's not why I'm going. I don't care if who sees me here and what I'm wearing. Uh, I'm just here to hang out with some people, uh, share some stories. Of course, you know, there's, 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 again, beer was the fuel uh, of of the storytelling of the conversations. And that's, you know, and, and, and then you just danced until you, you know, you were, you were, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was just fun. It was fun. Yeah. yeah, That's the thing. And people could let their hair, whether you're at school all day, you know, studying or whether you're hard at work or you're retired and you just want to there was enough reasons to get you know to want the escape and again that's for us anyways such a big part of it but i know it isn't this is why i wanted to do this i know this is not uh, a you story or a me story there is no. thousands of us who i think Absolutely. have these memories which is why i'm trying to make this sort of a um sort of a podcast uh, time capsule uh, storytelling thing. I've got a few other Absolutely. people who wanted to join me to uh, share their story. So I might be able to sort of, you know, combine it all into one episode. We'll see. We'll see what happens over the next few I think days. that'd be wonderful. That'd but, be uh, wonderful. I, I, I definitely yeah. want to thank you again for everything you've done today to, to share these memories. And by all means, um, if you um, have any other stories that you want to add, or if we should do a part two uh, yeah, of the podcast, I would, I really, you know, I, I'd, I'd enjoy it just as much as i did this one yeah well, we forgot nate the great you know well no no we're not done yet then so tell, oh. me, tell me about <laughs> nate the great this this might have also been before my time then well, no, well after after carla there were two other um pianists to join my mom there was george small yeah. and there was nate the great okay and, and my mother had quite an interesting relationship with Nate on stage because Nate was kind of grumpy, you know, he he had this kind of grumpy demeanor. He's a nice guy, but he was, you know, he was going to go play the piano, accompany my mother and leave, you know, that was the kind of thing. But she used to have a lot of fun with him on stage. She, she My mom was a great tease. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so the, yeah, Nate, Nate was quite, quite the pianist and uh, he, he was, he was <laughs> kind of like um, they were like the straight man and the and the, the comedy up team up there, you know. But um, yeah, the the people who went in there, she absolutely loved everybody, and she used to talk about the girls who would come into the uh, the Brunswick and how they'd love to sit and talk to her because she was kind of like a den mother, <laughs> you know. I, I, I that's the only way I can really put it, you know. Like it, it's like all of you guys were her kids, you know. It kind of felt like, again, you were going to, and again, this is at the time you didn't like none of it made none of it again, like anything else in life, you have to look back and there has to be, um, there has to be a contrast. You have to be able to look back and say, yeah. you know, at the time you didn't appreciate any of this stuff, but it felt like no. you were going and you, you were there with people who were, you know, friends and, and, and sometimes family, but you were there with people you were close to, uh, you yeah. were, you know, you were getting music, you know, sung to you. It felt like it was like, you know, just like this little intimate little gathering. So yes, it did feel like, you know, it was some sort of a extended family gathering. And that's why I think, you know, we're able to sort of jump right into this conversation without, you know, knowing each other at all because of, uh, again, the Irene connection, so to speak. 
Well, yeah, and that's how you could meet your wife there. My mother met her second husband there, you know, because it was that kind of thing, you know, it was that kind of place you could meet, you could talk to people. You, you could, could actually you, get words out. I remember that being something later on, I realized that you couldn't do in a lot of bars. You couldn't have an, a, a discussion of any kind because it was just too loud. So there was enough, you know, sort of quiet moments between the music and, you know, whatever the, the sets or whatever that you could have, you know, a 10 minute conversation with someone. And, you know, clearly, uh, I, I know I did. I, and again, I know other people, you know, have similar uh, stories, adventures, dancing on tables, all, all these kind oh, of yes. things that I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, and also, you know, it was a lot of places and, you know, I'm a singer songwriter. So I understand there are a lot of places where you go and it's a listening bar or listening place, you know, yeah. venue. So you really have to be quiet while the band is on. Well, my mom, you know, she wanted to, in, you know, get everyone involved and have a good time. It was a big party. You know, my mom loved, loved a good party. I mean, she, I can tell you when we were when we were kids, when I was a kid, um, she was involved in theater groups. Of course, the cast parties always were at our place, you know, 70 people, the whole place jumped and was spaghetti on the walls, you know, and uh, it was seriously there was yeah. in the morning and all the glasses that we rented from the hotel. You know, this is in Ottawa, though. We had a, hey, it was a long story, but, you know, it was like, um, uh, yeah. We, I, she, she knew how to have a good time and to help other people have it, bring them into that. And I think that's what made the Brunswick House very special while she was there, because um, I know I think it's Val Cleary of the Toronto Sun or some, one of those those writers. And they, she was in a lot of uh, different papers, the Toronto Star, the Toronto Sun. She was written up in the Ryerson papers everywhere, yeah. and. Um, but he said, the Brunswick will never be the Brunswick without Irene. And, you know, my mom died in 2015, August of 2015. And not even six months later, basically, was it 20, 2016? The Brunswick is what I read. But again, for yeah, me, the, yeah, the Brunswick yeah. closed. Yeah, the Brunswick was not the Brunswick without my mother. My mother died and the Brunswick closed. Yeah. And I'm glad to know that the Rexall is not there anymore. That I went in, I went in when it was a Rexall. Yeah. I went to the back where my mother's stage was and there was a drug counter and all the ceiling had been you know lowered oh, and okay. i i literally had tears in my eyes i thought oh my god this is disgusting <laughs> now they're not they and they didn't last i think you see my mother always told me that the brunswick house was haunted yeah. I bet you the ghost of the Brunswick house got rid of the Rexall. I'm telling you that, is that right, right now. Is that right? Is that, that, is that, uh, that, I've heard that, that, I, I heard that mentioned uh, before. Yes, the Brunswick is haunted and Rexall is not there anymore. Hmm, hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can totally imagine with 160 years, is, is that what it was? 160 years yeah. of tradition? At yeah. some point during those years, uh, someone besides us people who were here before that decided that that was a really good time and i'm coming back yeah. uh, and apparently uh you know they didn't want the drugstore there uh, what's I like I, I, they didn't want the drugstore there uh who knows but uh, obviously I, yeah. I hope i hope they have their way in in bringing it back and it's you know in its yeah. glory if there's ever if there's ever way to do it and have you singing up there instead that would be uh, oh. you know, just a, an amazing, you know, return to life. But again, I know that that's, you know, that's probably, you know, that even that whole, 
you know, scenario might never be again. And that's, again, kind no, of, kind of it, sad. It, yeah. it's, a, it's like you said, it's a time capsule, you know, and I don't think I could ever sing Roll Me Over in the Clover like my mom did. I mean, that was, that was really something to watch. I'll tell you, you know, yeah, she get, yeah. Did you ever, did she ever sing that for you? I, you know what, again, I just remember her singing what she sang. It was again, yeah. it was just like, okay, that's, that's, you know, that's great. And, and it was, again, it, it was the soundtrack. Yeah of of again of those years exactly. of, of the of the 90s for for me and again uh for other people who went in you know before me and after me and exactly. at the same time so um again so 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 many great stories and again thank you so much for your time um, oh and, no my and, pleasure and sharing all these great stories and again i hope to uh, again continue this uh, to be continued is what i always say about the really fun podcasts um, oh, because we'll to me, fun. there's there's always more. Uh, there's always more to be talked. There's always way more stories than we all you know, than we have time for. That's for oh sure. Oh my gosh! But I'll just that's that's a tambourine. We as we as we began, we may yeah, end. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. So have a nice time and well, uh, and her stuff is on. I put her stuff on YouTube. So what I could find of it, there's hardly anything recorded, but it's there if you want to go back in time and listen to how it was at the present well, that, that, that That's a good point that you mentioned. So once I've done the recording and, and it's ready to go out, of course, I'm going to send you a copy. But along with that, uh, maybe if you yeah. don't mind sending me those links and I'll sort of attach those links oh, yeah. um, to the bottom of the podcast to make it just a little bit more of an experience. Because again, sure. this isn't, again, this is you know very much me being the, uh, the storyteller of this uh, particular um uh, landmark and again you know for, for Irene but uh, you're the one that has again so so many great connections to uh, all the songs that she sang so by all means we'll we'll collaborate on that for uh, for once I put post it up and then hopefully again I think uh, uh, people are going to really enjoy hearing not just you know her songs again which they can on YouTube but your you know your stories about her I think that to me is uh, if you've uh, have you ever done a podcast about her by any chance no, nothing. I, I, I talk about her on my blog. I have a blog called Joyce Just Talking, Just Singing, but I, I, I bring her up throughout See, it, little stories. I, I, I'm shocked, which again, it might just be me, but I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm quite surprised that, you know, no one's taken the time. And again, I'm, I'm no, I'm no celebrity of any kind. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, oh. I'm a, I'm a Toronto realtor that just has a lot of interests. Uh, and, and this is, you know, one of the things that's part of my history. So I wanted to, you know, sit down with you. So I think, um, you know, again, other people will appreciate this story. And I'm, and I'm glad that we got a chance to, uh, to record it. Here too, Paul. So nice meeting you and thank you for having me on and Wonderful. remembering my mom and the Brunswick House. And may she live long, the Brunswick House. I, I don't think she's leaving there because oh, uh, it sounds to me like she she she's uh she's on the ownership, uh she's on the title there. Uh got a brass plaque on in, her. in all of our minds, exactly. And everybody who That's remembers right. that place. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Joyce. Really appreciate uh, having you on the show. Okay, thank you. Okay.